Run Talk SA, this is episode 24, I'm Simon Parkinson, and on the other end of the line is one Brad Brown. How's it, Brad? Yeah, very, very good in you, Parky. I am very good. This week, it's all about the New York Marathon. I watched that race with absolute jealousy. I was green with envy, thinking to myself, I've got to do this thing. And I tell you what, what a great race for South Africa. Uh, Ernest van Dijk, of course, coming in second on the wheelchair, uh, no great surprises there. We sort of expected that. But uh, Lusapo April coming in third and running an absolutely fantastic race. Brad, you caught up with him. Yeah, Parky, I did. I, I chatted to him uh, the, the day after the race uh, from New York. The line, unfortunately, wasn't the greatest. You think you, you're phoning America, so they'd have great telephone lines. Uh, yeah, but uh, hey, you can make out and, and had a brief chat with him the, the day after the race. He was very, very tough with his performance. I'd spoken to him before. Uh, he headed over on my radio show as well, and, and he was quietly confident, and it was quite interesting that the, the commentators didn't know much about him, and he, he sort of came from nowhere. He surprised everyone. Yeah. Uh, I also caught up with Nadia Nierpitu. Now, a lot of you will know who Nadia is. She works for 702 as the U.S. correspondent. She's based in New York, been there for the last 24 months, and uh, wasn't a runner before she left South Africa, but she needed to find something to uh, give her a little bit of a constant in this new environment that she was living and running was that. So she's taken up running, done her first marathon in New York, and uh, wow, she waxed lyrical about it and told us about what a great day it was. And also, I may add, posted a very good time. Yeah, Parky, I'm actually very chuffed for Nadia as well because I followed her journey. She was actually training for the New York Marathon last year, and with it being cancelled last minute, she had obviously done the work and couldn't run it. So I'm glad she got to run it second time round. This week as well, I also caught up with uh, the, the folks from the Two Oceans Half Marathon because entry is open, and they've changed their entry format. Uh, I say slightly. They've changed the entry format a lot. Uh, they're doing it in phases just to make it fair so that everybody gets a shot at getting one of those entries. It's probably the most sought-after half marathon in the country and entries are opening now. So if you're thinking of running that race, make sure you listen to the show because it does get quite complicated, but we break it down quite simply as well. And then the final interview this week, Parky, I need to ask you, I know this is a tough question, but how many marathons have you run in your running career? You know, that is a tough question, and I don't know. I've actually got a bag full of medals, and one day uh, on a wet Sunday afternoon when it's cold and freezing, I might get that bag down and start counting. But I can tell you I've got a big Woolworths bag and it's full of medals. Uh, how many? Can't really tell you. I mean, if you had to take a stab at it, give us a guess. Uh, at a stab, maybe maybe uh, 30 at a max over the years. Obviously, a lot of repeats there. Well, well let me tell you, I've, my, my, in my running career, I've been running that long, but I've probably run about 10, 15 marathons and, and beyond. I chatted to a guy this week that's run 120-odd this year. Wow. 120 odd this year. You know, when you started mentioning your numbers there, I'm thinking 15. Hang on, how many have, have I done? I'm probably closer to 20 odd. I mean, I don't know. I just don't count them. They're so awful by the time I get to the end to try and forget them. Well, 120 so far this year. What does the man do for a living? Well, he's running marathons this year and he's attempting to break the world record for the most marathons in one year. His goal is 160, Parky. He ran the New York Marathon this weekend as well. I caught up with him just before the New York Marathon a couple of months ago. He was in South Africa. He ran the Cape Town Marathon, and you might have seen him. He runs in what he calls the Marathon Man suit. It looks like a Superman suit, but it's got a big M on his chest. A guy by the name of Trent Morrow. Fascinating story, and that interview is coming up on this week's show as well. This is Run Talk SA. Let's speak to the New York Marathon third place contestant, and that was Lusapa April from South Africa. 
Sapu, congratulations on your on your run yesterday. You must be over the moon. Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm over the moon. I'm excited here to get my captain. Even though, like, um, I was hoping I can with the thing of winning that race, but um, I'm here to get that Sapa, talk, talk to me about the race. I mean, Mutai went into into the race as, as odds-on favourites, and and he he ran a, an absolute blinder. But but you were up with him for 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 the vast majority of that race. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't worried by anyone. You know, you know, even when he made that move, you know, I'm kind of like got confused. I'm not really know how these things of miles work. So when he made the move, I was like, no. Um, I must not go with him because I don't even know what cave he is, so I don't want to come at the later stage and then I pay the price. Yeah, it was it was an interesting race tactically to watch, but but your performance, I mean, as far as 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 you're concerned, I mean, was, was that exactly how you had planned it? Obviously, you were hoping for the win, but body wise, uh, how did you you cope with the stresses and strains? Uh, my body handled very well because you know, like as I said before, uh, I left for New York that. My training went really well, so I was happy and I was ready for anything. I mean, Yusabi, talk, talk to me about New York Marathon. I mean, you've run run quite a few marathons now in your career. New York's one of those big ones uh, that, that everybody seems to, to want to run. As far as crowd support and that goes, what was the vibe like? Talk us talk us through a little bit of the atmosphere in New York. Oh, the vibe was unbelievable, you know. There was never a stage whereby like it was quiet. It was just like noise along the way the whole time. You know, the only part that is quiet is when you start along the, uh, the bridge. But after that, you come out the bridge, just people shouting, cheer you on. And it was fantastic, you know, I love New York, I love to come back again. And thanks to the people who made it possible for me to come and ride in New York. I'm sure you'd love to come back. I mean, it was a great experience. It was interesting watching it here in South Africa because, uh, I mean, when you crossed the line, the commentators were, were like just really surprised by your performance. They were like, who is this guy from South Africa? I mean, we all know your pedigree and know how good you are. And, and it was just really amazing that they, they hadn't actually given you a chance going into the race and, and they were surprised by your performance. How does that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel good, you know, but, uh, you know, the other people here, they said like they were not surprised, you know, in general. Sapo, I have to ask. I mean, as as far as taking, I mean, for 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 an average athlete, a marathon sort of takes it out of their body. For for someone like you, how long does it take you to bounce back from a performance like that on on Sunday uh, in order to to you to be racing again? I mean, how long will it take you to recover, get the body right, so that you can put in another world class performance? Uh, now it's just gonna take a few days off and then on Sunday start talking, talking, getting my body get used now, freshen up and then probably but for the year it's, it's done for the year, no more races and only next year we'll be like I'll be going on something next. A- any ideas of what you'll be looking at at running next year? Uh, at the moment uh, nothing has come up but uh, hopefully, you know, we connect something before the end of the year but you know that we'll be focusing on for next year. I'm sure after after Sunday's performance, uh, a lot of people around the world at other big city marathons have gone, you know what, South Africa's a South April's definitely one we want to have. And uh, Has there been any talk from other race organizers? I'm sure there were some at at the race this weekend who, who could be, be trying to lure you to their race. Yeah, they were, but uh, at the moment, it's nothing, you know, like uh, nobody has come forward and said, like, they want me to come in and run in their race. But uh, I know before the end of this year, they'll be knocking at my door saying, we want you. 
I, I love that optimism, Lesapo. Uh, and then tell me, just with regards to heading back to South Africa, when do you you head back home? Uh, tomorrow we leave New York. We'll get home at ten thirty in the morning Wednesday. All right, fantastic. Well, Lesapo, I want to I want to congratulate you once again uh, on on a fantastic run. Uh, look forward to seeing you racing again in the near future. From all of our listeners as well, congratulations and have a safe journey home. On Run Talk SA this week, we have Nadia Neafitu. Now, you will have heard of Nadia because, of course, she's worked on 702 extensively in Johannesburg and 567 in Cape Talk or the Western Cape. And she's currently living in New York as the U.S. 702 correspondent, amongst other things. And uh, we've now got her on the line after completing her first ever marathon in New York. Is this your first marathon full stop, Nadia? Well, Simon, I was supposed to run New York City last year, which would have been my first, and then it was cancelled because of Superstorm Sandy, so I ended up doing what I call my stand-in marathon uh, at Philadelphia. So, you know, unofficially, this is the second, well, this is officially the second, but I like to think it's kind of the first, we'll just say, in New York City, so let's go with that. <laughs> so, how did you get into running? I mean, what made you, you weren't a runner before you left South Africa, were you? No, I mean, you know, the most I ran in South Africa was on a treadmill at Virgin Active. It was, you know, I could build it up depending on, on the, the soundtrack that I had selected for the day. Uh, it was just coming here and really, you know, New York, you, everybody walks to get around and, uh, it's so conducive to running. I just started going outside and, and just doing a few, you know, a few minutes at a time. And, uh, it's so much nicer to run outside than it is to run in a gym here because it's so, you know, it's cramped everybody. The gym's here. Everybody is on top of you. And so I just found I really enjoyed running outside and I started to run a little bit more further and further. And I found that I really, really enjoyed it. It was a great stabilizer during a whole turmoil of, you know, the whole turmoil of moving here to a new country and trying to set up shop, so to speak, here. So I just found running was a great way to keep that all tied together. And I suppose the nice thing is for particularly the New York Marathon, your training or the vast majority of it can actually happen during summer when it's light longer and, of course, the conditions aren't quite as horrific as they are in winter. Oh, yes. And I just, I love running in the summer in the heat. I know a lot of people prefer the colder, cooler temperatures to run in, but I, I love sweating it out literally. And I just really enjoy just, you know, putting on a pair of shorts and hitting the road. And that's what I loved also about this training because every time I had a long, a long run to prep for, for during the weekends, uh, it was great because I could map it around the city. So various different courses. I mean, I'll never forget last year. I ran the first time I ever ran 20 miles. I literally, literally left my, my apartment on the Upper East Side, ran all the way down to Coney Island in Brooklyn. And when I got to the boardwalk, I just felt unbelievable, just euphoria. It was so amazing to realize that my body, my legs could do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, running is a great thing. And, and I mean, it is a constant. I think you mentioned before we actually started recording that this was a constant for you. And if everything else was in turmoil, at least you could wake up and you could run and it could give you some focus, right? Yeah, for sure. Huge focus. And, you know, I, I just say it's like, uh, with, with my, with my schedule as well, you know, traveling a lot, um, knowing that I had to train and had to make time for it, it also just really helped uh, keeping that constant, no matter if I was at the Toronto Film Festival or running off to DC for the unveiling of the Mandela statue, I knew I had to get them in there. And Nadia, running in New York, it's a big city, there's millions of people that live there, it's a concrete jungle. Um, are there running clubs like there are in South Africa? I mean, are there groups of people that get together every weekend and go and run around? 
around different parts of the city. What's the sort of training or what are the what's the club life like there? Yeah, it is very healthy. You know, Simon, it's so funny because I think everything really does happen for a reason because last year I trained on my own um, for the most time. In fact, all of the time I, I trained on my own, uh, running whenever, whenever I could, and I knew that there were sort of clubs out there. I, Jack Rabbit uh, Sports Store is, is a big one here that I, I used to do a few odd runs with. But this year that changed quite a lot because I was very lucky. Uh, Nike ran this incredible program. They they just for three weekends in summer, they took over Montauk, which is uh, a city in Long Island where everybody usually goes on holiday during the summer months. And they took, for three weekends in a row, they took a group of us who had been, I mean, I used to do these, I still do these weekend uh, weeknight training groups on a rooftop uh, at Nike Town in, in uh, Midtown, wow. New York here. Yeah? And they took us away for this weekend and just gave us the most incredible training. It was like, I call it an adult running camp. I, that's where I really took it to another level because it, it was about speed work, about you know, uh, focusing on your, on your, on your core, on your form and the mental preparation. It was just, it was incredible. So I, I started running a lot with Nike when I got back. And then, uh, because I was running for a charity called Team for Kids, I ran with them every now and then as well, a couple of runs. But, but it's so healthy here. They are, they, you know, they call it crew love. There's, uh, bridge, bridge runners. They run over the bridges, uh, in New York. Orchard Street, they like to focus on downtown. Uh, resident runners, they like to focus up on the west side. So it literally, there's a crew for every kind of personality, whatever you feel like doing. So it's a nice mix to be able to run on your own, but then also join a group. And I mean, let's talk about the race itself uh, this last weekend. I mean, 50,000 runners. What's it like on the day and what's the organization like? Wow, it's unbelievable. You know, you say 50,000. I mean, I knew that there were about 48,000 or so expected. This year was always going to be more uh, so than, than ever because of the impact from last year. There were a lot of runners who were carried over to this year as well. And then, you know, the Boston Marathon bombings, that left a huge impact. And so the security was super, super tight. You weren't allowed to bring in uh, bags that weren't see-through. They had to be see-through bags. Uh, every, there were certain restricted items. Uh, you just felt really good, though. There was a real sense of police everywhere you were looking and helicopters flying over. So you didn't feel scared. You didn't feel unnecessary anxiety. Uh, I did go to Boston on the day of the, those bombings and just to see how spectators, you know, the people, we, we as runners rely on those spectators to cheer us on. And it was just such a devastating blow to that. So uh, this this time around, didn't, you know, people came out and, and New York's known for the cheering, for the people who come out. There were about, they say 2 million spectators, and I believe it because they carry you. You know, there's nothing like hearing someone say your name, complete strangers cheering you on. And the course itself is, is it's tough, Simon. I mean, they they tell you to pace yourself, not to go out fast in the beginning because you start on the Staten Island Bridge, on the Verrazano Bridge, and it, it's quite a, a free fall going down, and, and you can really start flying from the beginning and then after mile five go, oh, my gosh, wait, wait, that was too fast, you know. So I did focus on on, on pulling back and trying to maintain a steady pace. Uh, there are bridges. You go over the Queensboro Bridge, um, 59th Street Bridge, which is a very – famous and, and, and well-known one, and that's when you just hear the silence of, of the footsteps and the breathing of runners, and there are so many that you pass by and people just stop, uh, some to take pictures, but many, they, they just feel that they, they their legs can't go on, and that's around mile 17, so you know you've still got quite a way to go, but uh, it was very windy, 
and so uh, quite chilly, but but it was more the wind that was the 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 big factor yesterday. Uh, so going up those bridges were quite was quite tough. But the crowds, you know, once you came over come over the other side, and those those crowds are there cheering you. It, it's it's incredible. But I must admit, uh, when I got to, to Central Park, it was kind of a blur because you just kind of at that stage you see the twenty six mile mark, and you know you just have a, a few more meters to go, uh, and you just it just you just wanted to finish at that. <laughs> and tell me, Nadia. I mean, listen. I know the exhilaration, and you get to the end of a marathon. It is, it is an an amazing achievement. And I mean, I think a lot of people will. Well, we know a lot of people never get to run those sort of distances. So you really set yourself above uh, many other people around the world when you when you complete your first and maybe even second, third, fourth marathons. Um, South Africans on the road. Did you see any other South Africans? We know there were people travelling. Did you see anyone running the colours? Yeah, yeah. I actually had on my team for kids shirt. I put the South African flag. I'd ironed it on in a in a little heart at the at the back, and and it was great because I did. In fact, I saw a guy who had literally the South African flag as his shirt, and he was a few a few paces ahead of me, and I kind of kept track with him, and he was like my little <laughs> motivator. But I was so proud just to be on that course, knowing that I had met Lusapo April the day before, and I knew that he was he was gunning for a first place. I know he had a few cramps so uh, he he came third but I mean still remarkable achievement and also uh, Ernst van Dijk in the uh, wheelchair division I mean he came second so I knew I was kind of mentally going in this following in the footsteps of some great South Africans and I, I you know just from tw 2011 when I, when I got to New York you always see the the marathon is a huge deal here and I remember going out to cheer a few South Africans that I knew that were running and uh, when I when I saw what Joao Silva, the South African photographer, um, who had lost his legs in Afghanistan, when, when he took part in the hand cycle division, I just was so in awe, Simon, of his dedication. It was a year after the the accident had happened, and I, I was just utterly amazed because I'd always thought, oh, maybe you know, New York City one day in the future, you know, ten years from now, and that was actually the moment when I thought. Mm, let me do this. If he can do it, you know, I'm I'm sure I can do this. So the South Africans out there on the on the street, you do they just on the road, it's it's amazing. And you know, you always feel this camaraderie of just yeah, go my China. <laughs> yeah. So now Nadia, tell me what's next. I mean, will you be coming back to South Africa any anytime soon or is New York City and America now the new home after this two years of hard slog? And uh, if you are staying there, what's on the agenda for for the race is next? Yeah, well, you know, there's still so many things I want to do here. So, um, I still think I'm going to be here for, for a little while longer. Uh, it's funny. Everybody, everybody's been tweeting me that I should come and do the comrades. I don't know if I'll still be, I would still be smiling after that race, but, <laughs> um, I think very few people smile after comrades, but you know what? That's an achievement. And the thing is, I have to say, if you can do, uh, a marathon and you can do the New York marathon it's just as you well know running is a mind game and yeah. uh yep it's a longer day on the road but I think you'd probably be able to make it well I I do definitely have my sights set on the two oceans and then the the newly formed Mandela marathon which I didn't know too much about but they've been out here um William Tolo was promoting it and talking it up during the the few days before the marathon so it sounds like a good one to try it uh, I'm, I'm keen to do New York City again you know and uh, I'd love to do the Nike women's where the medal is a Tiffany necklace that would be ideal <laughs> for a gal like me to wear it.
Okay, well, Nadia, thank you very much. Uh, finally, before we do go, I've got to ask you, what was your finishing time for the record? It was 3 hours, 51 minutes and 13 seconds. Nadia, a sub four in your second marathon is something to be incredibly proud of. I think from everyone back here at home, a big congratulations and uh, we look forward to catching up with you soon, uh, hopefully at the Two Oceans next year. Yeah, that'd be good. Thank you so much, Simon. Great to chat to you. Nadia Nefutu, who is the 702 US correspondent based in New York and uh, achieving her first New York Marathon in under four hours. Fantastic. Well, a uh, week and a half ago here on Run Talk SA, we, we chatted about uh, the launch of the entries for the ultra marathon and uh, yeah, the entries for the half marathon opening soon as well. But the entry process has changed slightly. I, I put up the press release on our website last week. A lot of people uh, had a look at it. A lot of people asking questions and that as well. Uh, and it's great to have the chairman of the Two Oceans Board, uh, Lester Cameron, on, t- uh, on the show this week. Lester, thank you for joining us and I uh, really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much for allowing the yeah for me to come and speak to your listeners. Lester, the the, the half marathon entries the the last few years that race has become so popular. You guys must be really excited with with the product you've created down there in Cape Town. Yeah, we wish we could extend our numbers to to more than sixteen thousand, but because of the city's uh, input and we're working with the city of Cape Town. We only allowed 16,000 entries on the day, and unfortunately, we are looking at ways and means of increasing it, because if we do open it, I think we can get over 20,000 entries on the day. But but because of logistical problems, and and the big uh, thing is safety of our athletes, we want to uh, go with what the city has instructed, and we want to adhere to the to the request for sixteen thousand athletes. All right, sixteen thousand athletes, and and those entries tend to go pretty quickly. So this year, looking ahead to to twenty fourteen race, you you guys have changed the entry process slightly. Is, is that? I mean, I know you guys have had a lot of a lot of issues in 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 previous years with regards to 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 people battling to get entries because it, it just puts such a strain on your IT infrastructure. Tell us a little bit about what brought these changes uh, about, Lisa. Okay, the changes are quite yeah, significant. We need to cater for our, our athletes that have year upon year have entered our events. And this is the blue or uh, blue and light blue numbers. Those that have done 10 or more halves, we have given them the opportunity to enter tomorrow on the 5th of November from 10 o'clock onwards. They can actually enter and we have limited the amount to a thousand athletes so please blue or what we call the light blue number club that is uh, those that have completed 10 or more in the half marathon you must enter tomorrow this is your first chance and then we've also said that all other runners those are the club runners those that have taken the time and the effort to join a club on the 11th of November at 10 o'clock. Your entries uh, go open and there's a limited amount of 5,500 entries. And this is for all the club runners or club members. So once again, please enter 
as soon as it goes open on the 11th. And then our phase four is our uh, trail runners because those are the ones that actually, you know, uh, support us. For They open at, from 10 o'clock on the 14th of, of November 2013, and they are limited to also 2,000 entries. And then the fifth and final entry, those are for all the novices. And I know we're getting flack because there are thousands upon thousands that would love to run a half. But unfortunately, again, as I said in my introduction, only 16,000. So on the 22nd of January at 10 o'clock, 2014, all new and novices uh, can enter and then on a 23rd, there's a random of January 2014, there's a random draw, electronic draw, for, and we select 6,000 entries and may proceed to pay for the entries. So all those novices on the 22nd onwards of January, please enter as soon as possible. Sit by your computer, sit on your mobile phones, but please enter. Please be, please don't phone us and say, oh, well, we are, uh, why can't we enter still? We have given every swear of the race, those that are, that has been faithful, those that are club members, and those novices, please enter. On, on the fifth, for those that are blue number, I'm just repeating myself, for the light blue numbers, on the fifth from 10 o'clock, those are all the ones who have done 10 or more on the 11th for those club members and on the 22nd of January 2040 for all the novices. And then we'll, on the 23rd, we'll be making a random 6,000 entries available, but it will be taken off the, of the computers. So please enter. As soon as as soon as possible, Lester. Let me let me just. I'm gonna just ask you a couple of questions because some of the no, questions that, that that we've been asked, uh, yeah. and, and this this might clear things up and, and help people out with regards to this process. So the first thousand on the fifth of November will go to light blue or, or blue number club uh, runners. So That's guys it. who have done ten yeah. or more of the half or, or ultra. I'm taking that. So say for instance, there's only of the half. Only of the half. There we go. So only that's only of the half. Because Ultra has, they've already, yeah, they've started already. Okay, perfect. Um, entering on the in in October already. Okay, now that's perfect. So, Ultra. so of the of the the guys who have got the light blue numbers, a thousand. So, so if those thousand slots don't go on the fifth, it rolls over to the sixth. But that entry process is only for people with with light blue light numbers. Blue. That's quite correct. If, if those sell out on, on the 5th of November, which there's probably a good chance that it will, the, the, yeah. the rest of those guys who have tried to enter would then go into uh, a pot, I'm guessing, for that, that last final 6,000 entries, the, the random yeah, electronic that will draw. Be, yeah, we will take a note. But if they are club members, they can actually... Uh, they can actually uh, into our, and the on the second 11th, phase. Okay, you know? that, that, that's what I wanted to ask. The second phase, yeah. if if somebody doesn't get in on the light blue number first thousand, they can then enter yeah. if they are members of uh, a running club a and club. they hold a valid license, uh, club license uh, for Quite their correct. reason, whatever it is. There's five and a half thousand there. This is also yeah. quite important because that five and a half thousand, if someone's a novice, 
they can also enter in that phase. They don't have to wait for the novice phase if they're a member of a running club. They can enter and have That's a chance at that five thousand, five and a half thousand there too. That's quite correct. Okay, so so but for the novice, so, must be a member of the club. So here's what I'm going to suggest, and and I'm sure you'd agree with me, Lester. If somebody's listening to this and they're a novice in 2014, this is going to be their first Two Oceans Half Marathon, and right now yeah. they don't belong to a running club. I'm going to suggest they go and find their local running club and join. We're halfway through right. the year now already, so it's not going to cost you a lot of money because you can get a discounted rate. Go and join a running club. It's a great place to to meet runners uh, and get a bit of inspiration, but it gives you a better chance of getting an entry for the two oceans half as well so you can then enter from the 11th of november but you need to do it right now and get that all sorted out if you don't get an entry in that five and a half thousand uh there's the two thousand for the, the the ultra and and previous finishes as well as the trail finishes and then obviously there's that last one for the novices that they can enter again and then the six thousand that's the random draw so i think we've pretty much covered how to get an entry and, and your best chances of getting an entry Go and join a running club, I think, is probably what we want to tell people. That's quite correct, yes. Join those running clubs. Most running clubs allow you not not to pay for the 2013 uh, fees for the club. They normally, they are quite sportsmanlike, and they say to you, join now, and then we will charge you for the 2014 entry fees for the club. So please join a club as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You get benefits beyond... Yeah, because I'm a member of the Spartan Harriers Club since 1997, and every year I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Les, we chat about it so often here on the show. The, the club scene in South Africa is where it's all happening, and it's a great way to meet like-minded individuals, training partners. Uh, there's guys who have done lots and lots of races. So if you are a novice, it's a great place to ask questions and get your questions answered. So, yeah, I mean, we're a huge fan of the club running scene here in South Africa. And then just looking at the, at the Ultra, the entries have opened already. Uh, how things looking on, on that entry front? If people are sitting and going, oh, maybe I should enter, maybe I shouldn't, what, what, what are the numbers looking like there, Lester? We've got on Sunday evening. We've got uh, at about seven o'clock when I went on uh, when I went uh, on our website. There was about three thousand three hundred and eight ultra um, entries already. Again, the Wildlands in the Western Cape is coming up. It's the only race that I know in the Western Cape is a marathon. Please, people, go and qualify. You must have run. Five unders or less to qualify for our Two Oceans Ultra Marathon. Lester Cameron, uh, the chairman of the Two Oceans Board, I want to thank you for your time today and uh, thanks for, for sort of just filling us in and on the reasons behind why you've changed the entry process. And I think it's uh, as difficult as it is, you can't please everyone all the time. Numbers are limited because of a logistical and safety reasons. And I think what you guys have done is, is probably a fair way to, to, to sort of uh, split it out so that everyone has a fair shot at getting an entry into that Two Oceans Half Marathon. Well done. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So that's it. If you want to enter the Two Oceans Half Marathon, all you need to do is get to their website. It is www.twooceansmarathon.org.za. All the details are on that website. We've also popped uh, the entry details and how it's going to be split up on our website. So just get to runtalksa.co.za. Uh, you'll find it there as well. And also from the show notes of this episode, you can link straight through to both of those articles, uh, the article and the Two Oceans website as well. Well, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that I caught up with Trent Morrow, who's in the middle of a world record attempt trying to run the most marathons in a calendar year. 
And I caught up with him last Friday ahead of uh, this past weekend's New York Marathon. He was heading to New York to run the New York Marathon. And uh, this is uh, what he had to say. Trent, we, we're chatting to you at the moment. You, you're in the United States. You, you're smack bang in the middle of this, this world record attempt and, and sort of getting towards the end of it with, with two months to go. And uh, you, you, pretty, pretty, you must be pretty tired and, 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 and just heading from marathon to marathon. Where are you at the moment and where are you heading off to? Absolutely. Uh, right now, I'm uh, just on my way to El Paso Airport and uh, heading to New York for the New York Marathon on uh, Sunday, having just completed marathon number 121 for the year in uh, Arizona earlier today. That, that's amazing. I mean, 121 marathons, most people don't do that in their lifetime. For, for our listeners who perhaps don't know much about you, tell us a little bit about Trent Morrow. Sure. Look, I'm uh, certainly no uh, super athlete and uh, haven't got a very long pedigree when it comes to running. Having only just started uh, running my first marathon uh, back in 2008. So uh, the story goes that um, it was late 2006 that uh, I went to the christening of my niece and uh, saw a family photo where uh, I was a little alarmed at uh, what had happened as I'd been working ridiculous hours and, uh, and not keeping up my fitness and certainly uh, not having a balanced diet and uh, put on uh, over 30 kilos and uh, really decided that uh, it was time to take some personal responsibility and ownership and uh, at the start of uh, the new year in 2007, went about uh, losing some weight and uh, set myself a challenge of running a half marathon in Sydney in September of that year and uh, and then started out on the uh, on the journey uh, fairly soon afterwards in terms of uh, running my very first uh, marathon, which is uh, the Marathon de Saab, which is known as the toughest foot race on earth, a 250-kilometer multi-stage event through the Sahara Desert. So, um, so I did that, and uh, we've gone from there. So it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey as a marathon man, and uh, one that's taken me to uh, a number of uh, parts of the globe, and most importantly, I've been able to share with some incredible people along the way. Yeah, I'm sure you have. You talk about that that marathon man and uh, you, that first multi-stage race, the 250Ks in, in the Sahara. 2013, this world record attempt. What made you decide to, to give it a bash? Sure. So uh, having done uh, a number of marathons since 2008 and having been the only person to run a marathon in every state and territory of Australia in both of New Zealand in both 2011 and 2012, decided that uh, it was important to take it to the next stage. And happened that uh, 2011 was uh, was important to me. 2013 was important to me for a number of reasons. Um, firstly, it was the 20th anniversary of the passing of my mum from colon cancer. Um, it's also uh, also um, late last year I found out that my stepmom, who was living in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, had been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, and uh, I really felt that it was important for me to uh, say say farewell and uh, spend as much time with her as I could before uh, before unfortunately she passed away in, uh, in March of this year. And uh, and then on top of that, uh, it's my uh, my 40th uh, birthday in uh, in May this year. So there was a number of reasons that this year was important to me, and uh, wanted to take it one step further and. 
and do something which had never been done before. And, uh, and right now I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, an amazing adventure, which is not only looking at uh, seeing me complete more than 150 marathons uh, in a year, but also taking it to the next step and doing it across all seven continents as well, which has never been done before. I mean, you talk about those seven continents. Some of our, our listeners would probably recognize you because you run these marathons in, in a Superman suit and you were in South Africa not so long ago for the Cape Town Marathon. Yeah, Brad. Well, uh, I was actually, uh, it was actually the marathon man suit. And, uh, yes, some people do get, uh, get a little confused with the, uh, the other superhero out there known as Superman, but, uh, big red M on the chest and, uh, flying red cape. And, uh, it's, uh, it's an identity which I created. Um, back in 2008, um, effectively with the purpose of showing that anyone can be their own superhero. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm no, no superhuman and uh, something that I believe that everyone honestly can run a marathon. And uh, a lot of it is about physical preparation, but there's, uh, there's certainly a very, very important element, and that's the psychology that uh, is required to get uh, through a marathon. And I think that anyone that had ever thought about running one and got it on the bucket list to do one day. I'm uh, effectively here to say that today is uh, the day where you can look at planning it out and making it happen. And it's about surrounding yourself with the right people, focusing on the, the right things in life and uh, and looking at that next challenge ahead because honestly anyone can do it. And it's, it's not so much about the clock. It doesn't matter what time you do. It's a matter of getting out there and getting moving. And uh, rather than sort of thinking about it, um, actually having the courage of getting out of the chair, getting away from the TV, putting down the remote and saying, okay, I'm going to actually take some action now and go and do something which is going to benefit not only me but also my friends and my family most importantly. So it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey that uh, that I've been on and it's one that uh, I'm committed to for life and hopefully I can share with many people around the world and uh, encourage others to, uh, to do something to improve their own health and, uh, and quality of life. And, and Trent, I mean, I, I think that that's amazing what you're doing, and and I'm sure you'd agree. Not everyone can can run 160 marathons in a year, but but everyone can do yep. one, and, and it's just about taking that initial yep. step, making the decision, setting the goal, and going about doing the work and doing it. Absolutely, and and look, I mean, there's no doubt that most people think running one marathon in itself is uh, is is enough for one year, but uh, sort of to be able to do two or, or three. Um, week in, week out is, is something that is, uh, is very rare and it's something that, uh, not too many people would be, uh, crazy enough to even consider. So it's certainly, it's more about just getting out there, lacing up the, uh, and, and having a go, whether that be a, a 10k event, a 5k event, a half marathon or, or a full marathon. I think it's, uh, it's just about having a go and it's certainly something that, you know, as I say, if I can do what I'm doing at the moment, there's, there's no doubt that there's a lot of others out there that thought about doing it, that perhaps had run many half marathons or, or even tested it out of marathon distance and said that they'd get around to running a marathon one day but never never quite gone to signing up and giving it a go. And uh, as you're aware, Brad, there's some iconic events in uh, South Africa and I'm fortunate enough to have run the Comrades back in uh, back in 2010, which was a, a very special moment in my life. And, uh, and hopefully I'll be uh, returning to uh, Cape Town next year to... Uh, to run two oceans, which I've uh, I've heard only uh, very very amazing uh, things about. So 
that would be exciting to, to be a part of, uh, of that event as well as, as hopefully one day returning to Conrad. It would be, would be awesome to have you back in the country, and, and let's hope it does happen sooner rather than later. Trent, just from uh, you talk about some of the events in South Africa, uh, I mean, anywhere around the world, and you've probably seen it now, is, is if you run a marathon, people think you're amazing, which you are because you've run a marathon, but there's the psyche in South Africa that uh, as a runner, you're not really considered a runner unless you've run Comrades because of a race like Comrades. <laughs> how do you, from a physical well, perspective, how is this sort of, how are you getting through this, it must be really hard because, I mean, if you work it out, you're aiming to do 160 marathons in a year. That's one every yeah. two, two and a bit days. That's right. It's, uh, there's no doubt that it, it's it's very tough. And I think that a lot of people will get focused on the number. And uh, and I, I guess the, the important thing for me is that uh, it's not so much about the number. I think that uh, it's about the logistics involved. This is a a logistical feat that has never been seen on this earth before. Effectively, I'm doing all official marathons and uh, either driving or flying between each event. And uh, imagine the the uh, challenge I've got ahead of me just going around the, the continental USA, let alone then putting in the, the seven continents challenge as well. So I've, uh, I've had many, many occasions where I've gone from one marathon to another marathon We've traveled and haven't had even a second of sleep between events. And let me tell you, that is probably one of the toughest things from a, from a, a physical and a psychological thing. Certainly from an emotional perspective, it's a very lonely journey as well. So, uh, so it's, a, it's been a, been very much a, a solo road that I've been on at the moment. And, uh, over and above that, the, uh, the toughest challenge and hurdle that I'm facing at the moment is financial because I, uh, I certainly haven't had a, uh, a wealthy uh, background to do this, and it's been something that I've done from a, a very uh, motivated point of view, as I mentioned earlier, with the purpose that I've got behind this journey. And it's, uh, it's been one that I'm looking to uh, have support of companies and individuals out there to be able to keep this dream alive. I'm, I'm proud of what I've done so far, yet there's still so much more ahead, and uh, hopefully the good people across uh, South Africa can uh, see this story, hear a little about about the journey, and uh, and share share the road ahead with me, and uh, and then hopefully we can get this uh, world record, and uh, and then I'll be uh, I'll be certainly very pleased to be able to partner with those companies and uh, and speak and, and share those stories over the uh, over the year ahead. Without a doubt, I, that's funnily enough was going to be my next question: is how are you funding this thing? But but obviously it's on donations. If people want to want to get in touch and, and maybe maybe help out, how can they go about doing that? That'd be awesome. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, the website's marathonmanworld.com. That's marathonmanworld.com. I'm also on Facebook at uh, Marathon Man, and uh, look out for that big red M. And uh, love to uh, stay in touch with as many people as possible. Share this journey and. Uh, support those that had uh, thought about running a marathon and never quite got around to it because, as I say, it's a journey that everyone can do and it's uh, not that long ago that uh, I know that I was in that same position and uh, it's about taking action and having that faith and belief and uh, confidence within yourself that you can achieve whatever you set out to do. Uh, I, lo- I love that, Trent. A lot of our listeners know, know my journey as well, and, and it's funny hearing you talk. I, I funnily, funnily enough, come from a, a similar sort of background. I what well, was 165 kgs in, in 2009 and, and set the goal to run Comrades, which I did a year later after after setting that goal. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing. And it's just exactly that. It's setting the decision 
uh, or sitting the goal, making the decision, and, and just going about the hard work. Trent, I want to wish you all the best. Uh, hopefully, you, you, you make that flight to New York, and, and hopefully our listeners can, can, can put some cash in the pot and help you make this dream come true. The goal's 160, I'm guessing? That's right. So I'm on uh, target to do 160, and uh, then also extending that and uh, hopefully getting in the final two continents, which is in Asia and Antarctica, over the month ahead. So uh, that is the, the real test and real challenge, and hopefully the uh, the finances can come together and I can share the road with uh, with some amazing people over the days ahead, and uh, and we can share this journey together and, and do something special on the world stage. Well, you have it. Trent, what I'll do is I'll pop all those details for your website and your Facebook page on our website as well. So if people listening to this want to, want to go and help, they just need to get over to our website, runtalksa.co.za, uh, and all those details will be in the show notes. Trent, uh, Mauro, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Safe travels, uh, enjoy the running, and, and may the wind always be at your back. Great pleasure. Great pleasure, and thank you so much for your, uh, your time today, and, and look forward to uh, sharing the moments with you over the days ahead. So that's it for episode 24 of Run Talk SA and uh, a lot of New York Marathon talk this week, but fantastic to have a third place uh, runner there, uh, Lusapo April, and uh, good to catch up with him. And of course, Nadia Nefitu, who um, we hear on a regular basis on our radio stations here in South Africa. And uh, good to hear another convert to the running fraternity. Brad, uh, good fun this week. Yeah, Nadia makes me feel like Santa, such an underachiever, Parky. Uh, you and I both need to lift our game. If she can run sub-four marathons, man, what's wrong with us? Yeah, and for those people that don't know or haven't seen Nadia, she's not exactly blessed with the longest legs. So those legs will have to run a lot quicker than most of us, and she's done it very well. 3.51 for a second run at a marathon is pretty good going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a proper loser now. Thanks, Parky. Uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, if you want to be in touch, as always, you can email us, podcast at runtalksa.co.za. Be in touch on the social media as well. Lots of chatter uh, on that social media. And don't forget, next week, the 11th of November, it is the next Comrades webinar, and registrations are open right now. All you need to do is head over to runtalksa.co.za. Click on the banner on the right-hand side for the Comrades webinars. Uh, and uh, register. And we look forward to chatting to you all about the Comrades Marathon on the 11th of November. From myself, Brad Brown, until next week, have yourself a great one. And from me, Simon Parkinson, enjoy your running week. <laughs>